Welcome everybody to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 112 for Wednesday, July 7th. I'm Alex Uwe. I'm here today with everybody, Farbod Markazi, Ray Estrada, Alex Rudy. We have a great show ahead of you today. We have all the all-star selections in pretty fresh. So we're going to get our, our takes on, uh, on everybody that's in there, any snubs that we have, all of that. And of course, we have to talk about the absolute tear Shohei Otani's been on. We'll get to that. And the Yankees. We're going we're gonna to play all the hits today. We're talking Shohei. We're talking Yankees and just how worried are we about them the rest of the year? So all of that to come. Uh, before we get started here, I just want to remind everybody to follow us at BeatTheShiftBP on any social media, Twitter, Twitter Instagram, Facebook. Uh, that's the best way to uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to talk about or just say hi there. So at BeatTheShiftBP again. All right, enough of that. Let's get into it. Fellas, how are we doing today? Doing pretty good. Twitter sounds interesting. What what kind of platform is that, Uwe? Twitter. Wait, what? Did I did I did I do something? What did I do? You said you called Twitter Twinner. Twinner. It's in my yeah in my dude. Ears, that's what I heard. All right, just it's one o'clock in the morning for me right now, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna <laughs> pu- I have to play that card early. I was gonna I was gonna save that one for later. But you you forced my hand right away. Uh, it's staying in. Got it. All right. Follow us on Twitter. There you go. Um, <laughs> no, we're we're here. We have we've had a little bit of a break since our last one. Um, I've been away. Ray Ray was away for a while there. Uh, for Bode starting a new job, new jobs starting all around. A lot's happening, but we're still here. And Rudy's we're, just hanging out. We're gonna out. catch up. And Rudy's hanging out. <laughs> not, not to say it like that. Rudy's on the new working. job. Rudy's on the new job grind as well. I, I, I'm not. I don't mean to, to leave Rudy out of it. No sir. But yeah, you know this is uh this is what this is what we've been doing. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing it. So, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna defer a lot of the talking to you guys tonight, as as you can tell, I'm already kind of uh, trailing off at random points here. Let's start with the All Star game and the All Star selections that are in the the voting situation this year, which is something that I didn't really even think about being different and being a little bit odd, but I guess it was where they had the online voting that they've always had and then they've had from that point it reduced to like a final three fan voting for the starters and then a pretty similar like selection committee for the rest of the reserves and whatnot and can i be honest yeah i I totally forgot to vote this year did you guys even do you guys vote i i kind of it did not cross my mind at all i i did not i voted I, I'm yeah. a good MLB citizen. Yeah, good MLB. Doing your civic duty in voting yes. for the MLB All-Star game. I did, but it's it's always so long ago because if you're one of those people that just does it when All-Star voting starts, like you can vote more than once, I'm pretty sure. You can vote a lot, I think. But I believe I believe phase one was five times a day. Yeah, that's a lot of voting. 
I did not vote that much. I'm not that good of a civic. Uh, what civilian? That's the word. Um, <laughs> Citizen. Is this that how one. Um, Royals fans <laughs> got uh, Omar Infante into the, the starting lineup? I, so the Royals fans are the only ones yeah, that that understand the voting rules. Is well, they're the only ones that can actually come together as a fan base to do that. <laughs> it's our own fault. It's just nobody else knows how it worked. Um, yeah. So that was that was a weird thing that happened, and I remember there being a lot of discussion now that the full rosters are released things are a little bit more normalized but um upon seeing some of the the top three fan voting uh at certain positions it's gonna look it's gonna look a little bit off because fans are dumb generally speaking (laughs) no offense fans it was it's, it's present company included mind you but hey Hey, yeah, I mean, smarter, smarter than the average fan. Yeah, I think. Is that, I think is that already somebody's like tagline that. or something like that? I, I think that's a, that's a slogan somewhere. Do we want that one? We can, we can claim that one. Um, but yeah, basically, I don't know how. How do we want to do this? Should I, should I just go through, all star rosters? But do you want to go pipe position, or is there any? Anywhere in particular, we should. I mean, start. we're looking at it. We can just have a conversation. Notable players who made it. Um, players you're happy that made it. Players you're surprised that made it. Um, nubs, whatever. Okay, well, I like that idea of starting with notable players that made it. I, nobody more notable than Shohei Otani, who you can't because turn on any sports station. You can't have any baseball conversation without hearing his name because he's doing something nobody's done before. It, the conversation had, had shifted from doing something that nobody's done for 100 years since Babe Ruth, pitching and hitting and having success doing both, and now he's kind of surpassing that point. And it's, it's unbelievable, man. I, you, I, let's hear from the Angels fan. Let's hear from Forbode about the the reactions to to all of this as it unfolds um i mean this is the first time in mlb history that a player was named an all-star as a both a position player and pitcher so i mean i i i i appreciate you deferring it to the angels fan but as Although that I watch my team every night and I get to watch every Shohei Otani bat or every pitch he throws, he's on in every station, like you said, around the country. There's some people, there's some players that people like to say they're making national headlines or they're they're like the big thing right now. But in my job, I get to watch like random broadcasts that's like maybe it's like just the Blue Jays and like the Nationals playing and there's no... They should they would be talking about Shohei Otani and all of a sudden they put up a bug of Otani stats and just have a full blown like inning long conversation about Shohei like this guy is a generational I, I don't even know if generate generational is the right word for it because first time ever that a player has done stuff like this so it's just really exciting um, Adam Adovino said some choice words to him yesterday after he lined into a ground out. 
um, to end the game, which was, I thought was interesting. But Otani went out today and hit an RBI double and also won the game on the mound. So I think I think this is everyone understands how special this is and how good this guy is. Adam Adovino, wasn't he the one who also uh, just kind of off the cuff said that he would probably strike out Babe Ruth if he faced him? Like, I mean, he probably would. Last year. Yeah, uh, but it's just kind of funny that it's just Adovino at at every turn there with regards to these uh, these two-way guys. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how much more needs to be said just about how good he is. Uh, if you don't know the name already, then then what are you doing? Like, wh- what are we going to explain Ooh. to you that nobody else... <laughs> that nobody else... If you don't uh, know the name already, please don't vote in the All-Star game from here on out. <laughs> There's a lot of guys who just have not listened to that. So, how about this? We just... How about we just let it be known. Show me your talkies. <laughs> exactly what What's he's been that? doing. 16 home runs since June 3rd. Today's July 7th, so it's a little over a month. Uh, if you didn't know, 16 home runs is a pretty darn solid baseball season as a hitter. And that's a month. So he had a good season in a month on the offensive side of things. And because of that, and everything leading up to that point, he will pitch and hit in the All-Star game. And people don't I, do that. I, I want to know, like, what if he didn't get selected as a pitcher, what is stopping Kevin Cash from pitching him if he's on the All-Star roster? There has to be some MLB rule that you can't, like, pitch a position player. But I don't know. Uh, I I read your question when you texted us that in the chat. I have no idea. I have an interesting question. If Shohei Otani was not voted in as a pitcher, but pitched in the All-Star game, and it happens to be a blowout, is it fair game to swing against him 3-0 if he's a position player pitching technically? He's not voted in as a pitcher. As long as Tony Lewis Where, where do there. the unwritten rules lie? On this very very specific situation, <laughs> these are the real questions. Not be allowed to do that. I don't think Rudy understood the question. Rules. <laughs> but like, what, like, is it Tony Lewis related only? Is it the only context to it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, random I, side note. Wait, just just random side note related to that whole situation. Do you guys know that your mean Mercedes got? Got sent down to AAA. That's so sad. Yeah, he's been apparently really bad for the last like month and a half. I choose to remember only when he was good. Anyway, continue, Farwood. They sent him back to the Pecos League. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say I'm pissed off for one reason, and that's I didn't put any money down on Otani being the MVP this year, even though I picked him uh, in our beat the shift predictions, and I also. Uh, remember talking to you guys and some of my friends about it. Like, you know, this is the first year he's gonna be given full go as a pitcher and hitter. And if it, if the thing works out, obviously we could. We, I didn't foresee thirty one home runs before the All Star break, but we know what that, that can do. And if the pitching works out, I, that's what definition of 
uh, most valuable means, and he had some insanely low odds to win it. So I probably would have made some pretty good um, chunk of change if I put any bit of money down on him being MVP. Mm-hmm. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Shoulda, woulda, coulda, You, you believed in him more than most. I'll give you that. I'll take it. Yeah. So there are other All-Stars th- that'll be participating in this game. I know it doesn't sound like it. Not much of that um, interests people quite as much. But on the American League side, Shohei's teammates, as they'll be referred to from not, from from this point forward, um, the starting side of things, I don't think there's much contention outside of maybe Teoscar Hernandez getting a starting outfield spot. Yeah, well, what's up with that? He's having a great year. Is it? He's having a pretty good year. Some of the other outfielders in the American League you could argue for, particularly Cedric Mullins with the Orioles. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the biggest part when you talk about fan voting is that before voting opened we knew Mike Trout was not, not going to be available for the All-Star game. And he is still voted in as a starter when, you know, there are much more deserving players who will be attending the All-Star game and playing in the All-Star game who uh, could probably use that, you know, nice little bonus on their contracts. Right, but they will be All-Stars if yeah. Trout gets replaced, which he will. I, I imagine Cedric Mullins will end up starting the game. In center field, or yeah, in center field instead of Mike Trout, it, it'll all get it'll all get rectified by the time that I comes feel around. I like three Blue Jays starters is a lot for a team three games over five hundred, and Simeon and but, Vladdy are obviously deserving. Simeon, but like it just feels like a lot of all stars for a team that like could easily finish the season under 500 at this pace. The Blue Jays are maybe the most interesting team in baseball, given, like you said, the talent that they have on the position player side of things. And even their starting rotation, not the worst thing out there, but the rest of their pitching just really doesn't get it done. Um, I just realized the... as many uh, all stars as they have, yeah. I just realized the American League starters is the not is the American League East plus the Angels and Royals, because it's the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and uh, Aaron Judge, the Yankees, and then two Angels and a Royal. I'm happy Salvador Perez made it. He's doing great. He is far and away the best catcher in the American League this year. Uh, I Mike Zanino got the reserve spot and probably my favorite catcher to watch right now, if nothing else, just because of his awesome stat line this year, his three true outcome stat line, is injured now. Uh, to me, finding this out from our preparation document for four to six <laughs> weeks with a torn knee tendon, that's Yasmani Grandal with the White Sox, by the way, Mr. Three True Outcomes. Yeah, that's that's a bummer. I would have loved to see him make an All Star team, but eh. Yeah. Um. Not that egregious. the Tampa Bay Rays broadcast was talking about um Zanino making the All Star game, and they 
put up a stat line of his next to Salvador Perez. He said, well, Salvador Perez has hit 20 homers and 329 at-bats. Zanino's hit 18 in 178. So, I... I, I see the sentiment, the point that they're trying to make, but I don't see the comparison there uh, between uh, <laughs> clearly the best offense, they're clearly the best like um, American League catchers this year. I, I think I think Zanino made it because he is the only Tampa Bay Rays representative at the All-Star mm-hmm. game. That is he wild. Is. He is. Yeah, well, Glasnow's hurt, so I but assume that... Glasnow didn't even get voted in as... And then replaced yeah but i mean th- this is by players so like you know players and stuff like i guess so yeah i don't know um they didn't uh, vote in shin bieber though who's not going to be ready i'm going to skip over to the national league before you ask us i'm happy buster posey is back being buster posey is the all-star game i don't feel as old anymore uh well you should feel old first of all but yeah, I, I'm with you. A year, a year of rest. Uh, with that COVID season, seems to have done him and the Giants' entire roster really well. So we'll see. Second half, uh, you got a whole half of the season to play. Uh, we'll see if if that can sustain with a division including the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, yeah. I guess we're we're cross pollinating here with the American and National League discussions. Well, okay. Any other any other American League reserve players that you want to call attention to as being uh, uh, particularly noteworthy? I'm gonna let someone else go. Okay. Yeah. Um. I'll I'll help Fargo out. Uh, Jared Walsh being an All Star is you know pretty good he's Amazing. definitely deserved it this year um starting pitchers there, there's a lot to choose from Nathan Evaldi stands out because like he said the solid year I don't know about a all-star caliber year um Chris Bassett has had a very good year and his name isn't there um you know all the, the Yankees favorite pitcher right now Raldis Chapman is an <laughs> all-star so that's that's fun yeah I, I think the American League is pretty solid in my opinion the national league is where you get some questionable um picks from fans and players so many angel fans on twitter are pissed off that rice iglesias didn't get voted in but chapman did and iglesias has had a better year than chapman and like all by all accounts is that Um, is that actually true i know a lot has changed in like the last week yeah in terms of if you're just talking about (laughs) I mean, if you're just talking about ERA, I think Iglesias has a three, an ERA in the threes. Chapman's three, in the high six, fours. Six. Uh, Chapman's ERA is the high. Remember when Araldis Chapman, we were talking about like he hasn't given up a run yet, and it's mid-May or whatever it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His ERA now is four seven one. It come it yeah. sneaks up. On that's not out. that's not helped by giving up three runs in zero innings the other day. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Jared a, Walsh. Uh, would, is going to love saying hi to Chapman in um, Colorado this this summer for the All Star game. Hit that grand slam. Yeah, that we can we can talk about that game when we when we embark <laughs> into the Yankees' miserable. I don't even know what to call it. Misadventures. 
Um, <laughs> Araldis Chapman, by the way, a 16.88 ERA in his last seven games. <laughs> Amazing. Yep, good stuff. But I will agree with Ray in that the American League side seems pretty reasonable in terms of the players that made it. I, I can't think of any snubs, really, which might just speak more to how... We can talk about this a little more broad scale, too. How few players, one, stayed healthy throughout the course of the first half to deserve an all-star appearance, and two, just have played well enough to do so. Like The, the pool of all-star candidates seems shallower than ever, at least in my opinion. On the top end, it's really good. The, the, the talent is, is great still. But I think a lot of that has to do with just the incredible amount of injuries this year. Maybe, maybe that's not actually the case. I haven't, no, I haven't like gone into the numbers to see how like all star reserve stats look compared to other years. But that's just how it seems. Does that track with you guys? Yeah, I I think so. I think yeah. There's a bit of a basically that mid to high tier kind of isn't there just because of a lot of injuries in terms of also reserves. I think, too, when you talk about no real snubs, I don't think there's, like, like you could argue maybe, because Zanino's the only guy for the Rays, you know, Austin Meadows has had a pretty solid year, but, like, who's Austin Meadows going to knock off of the outfield list? So, like, there's nobody on this list who is obviously better than the reserves. So, I think, yeah, the, the AL got it pretty much right. Mm-hmm. Just some weird yeah, names. I'm- that you would not expect coming into the season. You mentioned yeah. Vivaldi, Kyle Gibson, Yusei Kikuchi, Carlos Rodon. Rodon. How about those? How about those for all-stars? And all-deserving. Kikuchi, I don't think, is insane. Like, very talented. So is Rodon, we've talked about. No, I mean, all, all these are very deserving. It's just, you, just if you had to guess the, the uh, AL all-star pitchers. Kyle Gibson is pretty year, insane. You would not, you would not have. Evaldi, Gibson, Kikuchi, <laughs> or even Rodon. Evaldi's, yeah, you're right. Evaldi for sure. But they're looking all very the, Looking at the American League uh, all-star roster, I, there's no one on this team that just like infuriates me why they made it. And there's not really anyone, like there's, you can make arguments or cases for a couple people, but there's not really anyone that, like infuriates me um, why they didn't make the team or the, the voting wise. So, I mean, like you said, I think the American League is pretty like a pretty good representation of the league's teams in terms of like their best players. Yeah. All, All right. right so let's get back get... to our bread and butter and complain. Yeah. Let's get to the weirdness. Let's get weird with it in the National League <laughs> side. Um, our man crush, Adam Frazier, starting National League second baseman <laughs> for the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> Bruh. Thoughts? No. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make one request for the YouTube video on this, just just put the uh, his baseball savant numbers up real quick and show mm. like how fluky that slash line is. I mean, I it is. Pro- I'm gonna be honest. I probably won't. But I know. <laughs> you should go check out our Instagram to see. Yeah. The the not the blooper reel the bloop reel uh, from earlier this season that I made 
to showcase uh, Mr. Adam Frazier. Stack yeah, this guy darling. is batting like 330 and has like over 800 OPS. So it all looks great to a casual fan, you know, just seeing that that, that line on the um, on the All Star voting. But then when you watch him play and <laughs> look at his underlying numbers, there's no way he should be hitting that well. And yeah. here he is going to start the All Star game. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. He just hits the ball extremely softly, but he hits it where <laughs> they ain't. And he does it in a way that's that usually him. right over the third baseman's head. <laughs> yeah. If opposite field flares that go for extra base hits. That's the recipe. That's so, slugging percentage right there. He has 24 doubles this year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know how yeah. to do that. People talking about how to shift or how the shift is changing baseball. Um, maybe people should start shifting and playing Rover against Adam Frazier. Maybe. Just maybe. Uh, and we'll see how that goes. That's definitely the weirdest one on here, for sure. Yeah. But again, like, second base in the National League, nobody's that Yeah, like, I mean, I mean even, that far yeah, all, these, all these numbers aren't great, but... He's still a better player than Adam Frazier. Yeah, Cronenworth <laughs> as well, and especially yeah. of late. Cronenworth he, did he not made, make. He's made a very Cron, Cronenworth push. did not make the uh, final uh, three for the starters. Mm-hmm. He probably would have won it too. Um, but I kind of, I kind of love to see that. <laughs> That's what's depriving people of the the San Diego Padre middle infield all star duo or all star starter duo, <laughs> and yeah. It's pretty great. Um, why uh, Nolan? Yeah. Why Arenado over Bryant? Or Turner? Or Turner? Because uh, fans dumb. Fans dumb. <laughs> Nolan Arenado in St. Louis. Nolan Arenado is solid. Early. But the numbers are. Yeah. Oh, early I'm not saying he was bad. I'm just course. saying. He's great he's still a great player i i'm not saying he he's bad by any means i'm just saying chris bryant's ha- having a great year too so i'm just i guess i have to go and look at the third base vote and see how close that was because i don't see like where bryant fell off and did deserve the starting spot over arenado turner i know came in second he was like a percent behind arenado for the starting spot and now he's not in the all-star game because the Diamondbacks suck, and Eduardo Escobar is the only guy who is okay for them. So, yeah, you hit on another big one in the National League side of things is <laughs> the Diamondbacks' predicament for getting an All Star in there. So there you have it, Eduardo Escobar. Um, yeah, nothing yeah. else too weird. A lot of Dodgers in here. But probably deserving. Yeah, uh, no Dodgers pitchers, which is interesting. No Bueller, no Kershaw, no Jansen, uh, which I don't necessarily mind. <laughs> uh, being in Colorado, surprise no Kershaw. Arms. The National League pitching has been incredibly. It is pretty stacked. stacked I will say. Yeah, I, was, I, I would say like the, I would say the most egregious get... one might be Jansen. Jansen's been a top guy in the National League. 
you know, outside of the first like three weeks of the season. He's like the, the reason first I first in I'm most categories outside of saves, just because Melanson has a bunch more. The reason I say I'm surprised that there's no Kershaw isn't necessarily that he's better than any of the pitchers who were chosen, but more so because I feel like at some point if you're hurt, if you're doing bad, whatever, you're still going to get a lot of votes because of who you are, what you've done to the, with the game. And I'm not saying that's, like, good for the All-Star game. Obviously, you want the best of the best and the guys who are doing better to be representing um, your league. But that's the only reason I'm saying I'm surprised there's no Kershaw, just because I figured, like, the votes would still be there. Yeah, I, I would have thought so, too. But the names that are there... Corbin Burns, you Darvish, DeGrom, Gosman, Marquez. Who? <laughs> Trevor Rogers <laughs> for Miami having an awesome year. Uh, Zach Wheeler and Brandon Woodruff. So no complaints on that. Some on real that schlubs. Some real schlubs. <laughs> Maybe they changed the sticky stuff rules for a reason with that, uh, that pass. Maybe wonders. Wait, what? If Adam Frazier is starting at second base, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that says quite a bit about the state of the balance between pitching and offense. Yeah. Adam, Adam Frazier is every boomer's wet dream of like what a guy should do to beat the shift, which is just go the other way, and it's somehow uh, working out. Beat the shift. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I'm I'm all starred out at this point. I don't know about yes. you guys. Well, okay. Uh, I say but that. What about the all star in the weekend? <laughs> what about the all star festivities? Like we got, the home we run got, derby. in the weekend. What is the home run derby? Which is going to be? It has to be like the best home run derby, just because that Coors Field. Um. That that's just, uh, that first of all is just gonna make it amazing. The field of home run derby participants so far, outside of Shohei Otani, not <laughs> as impressive as maybe I would have hoped. You at least have Trevor Story, the best Rocky. Who's I'm excited for show. Matt Olson. Matt Olson. Pete Alonso's not bad either. He mashes. Pete Alonso. He won it right. He's been. Yeah, yeah, Pete Alonso is he's a defending champion. Yeah, he's been solid. And he's massive, sure. Trey Mancini, great story, love it. Hits the ball super hard. Salvador Perez, people love him, good stuff. But these aren't the guys. Like, these... They're not the guys, though. They're not the guys that you want to see in, well, in cores. All of these guys know how to hit. Like, the thing about the cores home run derby, I guarantee you MLB's going to have sort of juice ball there, anyways. In cores, like all, all these guys know how to lift the ball. <laughs> it just has to be lifted, and then it'll go out. Um, they they have enough pop. I think overall it'll still be a fun home run derby. No, miss it. Yeah, but but I I I, can't I, I understand your I can't help but disappointment. Be <laughs> yeah, I understand your disappointment that guys like Aaron Judge or Stanton or like the big boppers that we're used to, not all of them are in this. Yeah, I'm not even talking, like, even on the in the younger guys, right? Like Acuna, Tatis, Vladdy. Yeah. Tatis and Vladdy said they yeah. wouldn't do it, right? Like I know they, they said they wouldn't, but you, you can still be upset if they don't. Um, or even just from the, the pure power, like the Joey Gallo, like Joey Gallo has to be. Yeah, I don't, I need Gallo in a home run derby, man. 
Like, I want to see that that bat in that home, in cores. <laughs> to be funny, you sh they should have asked uh, Nolan Arenado. I if, think if he, if he I honestly <laughs> yes, like give me Nolan Arenado <laughs> returning to cores for a home run derby and just lighting it up, showing all the Rockies fans what they're missing. <laughs> Rub it in their faces. But no, that it's probably not happening. I, there's two more spots to fill, right? It's an eight player. Two more, field. two more, and if assuming they want to go four and four from each league, the AL is complete with Olsen, Otani, Perez, mm -hmm. and Mancini. So they should uh, do the best thing that's ever happened to the Dodgers and get Albert Pools, or at least that's <laughs> what Dodger fans are making it seem like on Twitter. I mean, best 750k uh, Dodgers ever spent. Fair. Yeah, we're probably going to end up with, like, Jake Cronenworth and Eduardo Escobar, aren't we? No, Adam Frazier, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if he hits... if, if the, His competition is if he hits a home run, then he, he wins. Then he wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're so mean to Adam Frazier. We love him. We love him. Uh, yeah, but that's... Do we? <laughs> I'm, I speak for all of us. We love him, okay? We love the player. We don't necessarily love that he's the all-star starter. <laughs> Good dude. Uh, all right. Now now I'm for real all-star out. We are done with that. Rudy, crack your knuck cracks right. knuckles in the corner. Crack. Ready to talk some trash right now about his own team so the yankees what the heck do they have to do to not be a 500 win record team <laughs> because that Core is run. all they can do hit get on base not blow big leads Get Garrett Cole an exemption to use sticky stuff again. <laughs> um, I can keep going. Um, yeah, it's not trade. You gotta, for, you gotta let uh, they Chapman. Trade for? Who, who is that from? Uh, LeCastro. Tim LeCastro. Or Tim LeFastro. So let's let's we can use that as a microcosm. The Yankees. Who I think were last night checked were second to last in the AL in runs, traded for an outfielder who hits like hits under two hundred, joining an extensive list of outfielders they already possess who hit right hand and hit under two hundred. So it's a fascinating chess move that I would love. To, I love that's five D chess right there. there. And the last thing I wanted to say before I hand it off back to you guys is. As much as I just roasted them, I honestly like. I'm not particularly upset about the season so far. Maybe I'm just in denial, but. Uh, I think I'm. I, I think I'm. I've just unlimited uh, faith in Cashman, and. I don't know past firing the hitting coach realistically what you can do in a situation where just the entire team underperforms simultaneously except for I don't know throw in the towel maybe sent in the minor leaguers and just kind of chill and go to vacation early go to Tampa you know early and just relax 
So maybe they should just do, do you that. Think, do you think Cashman is going to stay? Uh, if, if I think so. I don't think for the rest of the season. That upset. I mean, I think Boone will probably be the scapegoat, which is fine. I mean, I, I thought he was a net neutral effect always. Probably. We can disagree if you want to with that. But, I agree. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I guess, like, to be honest, and maybe this is ridiculously optimistic, but I don't really see why they still couldn't, like, make a second wild card. I, didn't, I don't feel like they're that out of it. And, like, obviously, way below expectations. Like, I think I had them winning the World Series. But I don't know. It's baseball. I keep it yeah, interesting. I mean, do you, so, on that note, though, did you listen to what Hal Steinbrenner was saying in his press conferences? Yeah, I mean, he said the usual owner BS. Like, it's not his fault, basically, like... Yeah, just scapegoating it. players, everyone else. Um, I mean, I guess that... what I'm really trying to say is, like, I had the Knicks have, like, their best season in so long this year that, like, I understand, like, some of the New York mojo got shifted. There's only so much goodwill that can go around, so. Pretty soul sure for happened. a soul. So are you blaming the Yankee season on the Knicks being good? <laughs> I, I am, yes. Somehow okay. the Knicks are still responsible for New York fans' misery. Good. It, it's a zero-sum game. You can't have all <laughs> 60 at the same time. The Islanders almost made the Stanley Cup. You know, I don't support the Islanders, but the New York team. I mean, there's only so much. The Mets are good. I mean, they're they're, they're good. You know, there's only so much <laughs> mojo, you know, that exists. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, yeah, I, I will say on the Cashman front, I don't – I mean, I'm not saying fire him right now, but he needs to build a better team. <laughs> And like Rudy's saying, there's a lot of right-handed bats that aren't huge average guys. And then you have like DJ LeMayhew and Aaron Judge from the right side. And and yeah, that's kind of it. Like, it's not a very well-balanced lineup. Um, the pit, starting pitching depth is waning a little bit, which is kind of what we sort of expected with all the signings this year behind Garrett Cole. And then, yeah, just... They're just not playing well. Sometimes that is baseball. They're just not playing well, but they're they don't necessarily have a, a foundation that that um, can keep them afloat for uh, when a lot of guys get hurt or, or or play poorly. It seems like they are a 500 team if they're not good, and then it it's gotten really ugly as of late uh, with the Chapman and Cole and all that stuff. I mean, I think I don't disagree with anything you said, but I think just play devil's advocate. I mean, he basically constructed this team from like spare bits and like past. Okay, I guess obviously they paid Cole a lot of money. Obviously they trade for Stanton, but they just came off. I think they made two ALCSs in the past five years. So correct me if that's wrong off the top of my head. I think that's right though. Two last four, yeah. Two last four. Thank you, and. I mean, the what you just said, I'm saying, I don't disagree with you at all, but like it also like worked the hitting, like just to have them be a three true outcomes team. It worked in those four seasons pretty damn well. So, like, obviously, it's his job to know like when that's going to stop working and continuously adjust the roster. But, like, I, and I, I'm once again, I'm not saying your stance at all, but like, I think on like, I say Yankee fans, like, they're kind of acting like this was so obvious and that like we should have known that, like, 
all the guys would stop hitting tons of home runs when that's what they've been doing. And I can't like just totally blame Cashman that like a lineup construction that did work for like four years suddenly just like completely fell apart. Like there is like I think there is a degree of like bad like unfortunate combination of injuries and declines. Yeah, that you just can't don't... totally control for. What I don't get is, I mean, maybe I'm already overblowing it, but like Glaber Torres is weird. Whatever happened to him like it feels like every year even if someone's not hurt they're going through something like last year was gary sanchez and like they're being downright just abysmal in in that lineup it's i don't know if it's mojo or just hitting or they're just not like consistent enough hitters and this is the type of excessively long like hitting lows that they go through um but like that that's, that's always been a weird part of the Yankees that I've noticed over the last few years. Um, a different conversation about like going forward with the Yankees. I, I was watching a conversation between Chris Rose and Trevor Plouffe, and I believe Aaron Judge is coming into his last year or two of arbitration. He's played 63% of... He was... Um, healthy for only 63% of the games from 2018 to 2020. Um, th- what Chris Rose asked Trevor Plouffe was, "Do you is that a guy that you give a mega deal to? Are the Yankees going to like look into trading him um, or extending him long-term? Like, What do you two like, Yankee fans feel about Aaron Judge? Well, there's a lot going on there. We went on a roller coaster. <laughs> Aaron Judge very good at baseball, and the Yankees don't trade away stars, even if it makes sense to. So no. Oh, that's a good take, except for Alfonso Soriano. <laughs> if the Yankees are good next year, because I think next year is Judge's final year of arbitration. Yes. If the Yankees somehow are just not in contention next year. Like, maybe. Even then, it's only a maybe. But that's just not what the Yankees do. They're always at least in contention, so he's not getting traded. That is key. Yankees are never seem to be sellers, so that's why they don't trade stars. That is fair. And if we trade him, we just sign him back immediately after they help the Cubs win the World Series. That's how we do it. <laughs> All right? It's, it's that simple. Um, but to unpack some of the other things that you said with regards to just incredible cold streaks from individual players and the term mojo as it applies to baseball, I think mojo, Mojo. if we can, if we can specify a little more, mojo yeah mojo if we can specify what mojo means i would i would say it means everything that is not quantifiable by statistics so whether that's statcast data whether that's actual production based stats Defensive, offensive, base running, pitching, whatever. The Yankees don't have it. And that momentum carries. They don't have the mojo. 
that, for example, the Red Sox do. The Red Sox are playing awesome baseball. Does it make sense on paper? Not really. It doesn't. They are just playing really, really good baseball at every turn. You can turn on a game and watch. They are athletic. They get the job done with seemingly just as weak pitching, maybe as potent a lineup, but guys that are just getting it done on both sides of the ball. They're just better baseball players than, than the Yankees have been. And some of these guys may be too one-dimensional in that when they're cold, they get ice cold. When they're not producing with the bat, they are black holes in terms of production. So I think that's where the biggest problem lies, is it, it comes down to just playing better baseball even when you're not playing your best. They have not been doing that. 42 and 41, they're about to be 43 and 41, actually, it seems, unless they blow an 11-run lead right now to the Mariners in the ninth. Chapman, please. Um, <laughs> please. That would please. be... I, I don't even know what to say if, if he somehow managed that one. But it doesn't sound all that bad where they are right now, and that's why... It's not crazy to say that they're in playoff contention because they are, but so are a lot of other teams. And it really just comes down to when you look at the team, do you feel confident going into the second half of the year? Like, yeah, this is the team that can put, put the, the playoff run together and do better than these teams that are around the same spot as them, like the Angels, like the Mariners, like the Indians, like the Blue Jays. There's a lot of teams that are right around the same spot as them. Um, will they come out ahead of that pack? Uh, and even then, that puts them like barely in the second, not even in the second wild card spot. So they got they gotta even more work to do. They got to leapfrog the Moneyball teams. They got to leapfrog the Rays and the A's, really, to have a shot. So, yeah, they have a shot. I don't feel confident. I don't. I need to see some sort of mojo shift. That's where I'm at. Um, the panicking happens every year. Sometimes it seems ridiculous. This year it seems reasonable because there has been a lot of injuries and just some really bad baseball being played overall. It doesn't, doesn't do it for me anyway. So what's your solution? The solution... Fire everybody. Fire everybody. No. Also, I also, even more to unpack, I think Cashman has the job as long as he wants it or as long as he, you know, continues to do what he does, right? Like, he's still arguably the best at what he does in finding value. Uh, okay. You know what? I just realized that we have not even gotten into, like, one of the biggest aspects of this discussion in that revolves around Garrett Cole, so I'm going to kind of, like, spare the rest of the solution talk. You know, like, they have to be active at the trade deadline, but I think it's going to be in a very, in a very Yankees way that they're not going to get the marquee guy. I don't even know if we have prospects to trade for a marquee trade yeah, deadline. Yeah, we, we have a couple. We have a couple, yeah. But I think it'll, it'll be more of the, the Cashman beautiful mind 
situation where he will he will f- find players at great values and they'll they'll have to be good for us to have a chance and at, at the very least shake things up bring some new energy bring some mojo to the team uh, I don't know if Tim LaCastro was that but he is very fast and that's fun so I like that uh, <laughs> at the very least they got a fast dude we're doomed we're doomed <laughs> Yeah, but Garrett Cole, for real, like I don't think this is being over overplayed at all. The effect that the use of stick has had on his game, and the impact of the largest pitcher starting pitcher contract ever being handed to him right before this point. So there's a lot to be worried about there, legitimately. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what more discussion um, there is there. He he's not been well, good since since the crackdown. I mean, well, can I add one more part to that? Yeah, it's just like I mean, it's like it's it's you don't have to think about it that hard because like he literally got to the team most infamous for their use of the sticky stuff, and that's when he became an ace. And so, yep. like the circumstantial yep. evidence is quite egregious, and my man's had the greasiest hair. I have ever seen in my life. And maybe it wasn't all moose. You clearly have not watched Brandon Crawford play. <laughs> okay, but they're related. <laughs> it's hereditary. Frank, yeah. Are they actually related? Uh, one not, of them's dating the way. other sister. <laughs> one of them's like married to the other sister. I forget who. Um, but yeah, I was actually going to bring up something very similar, Rudy. Uh, that not necessarily like this is a discussion point or anything, but I was just thinking of the timeline when I was looking over Cole's recent outings. When he was in his last year with the Pirates, he had a 4.76 ERA. The next year, all of a sudden, I, I'm i sure you guys, if you turned on MLB Network at any point with the Astros, he MLB Network was always talking about what's one of the reasons Garrett Cole's been so good this year. Uh, well, look at his spin rate. Whatever the Astros' formula is down there in Houston that's churning out these pitchers and boosting their spin rates, the Astros are just way ahead of the game. This is before the um, the Astros' cheating scandal came out with, with the trash hands and everything. And now that he's being told that he can't use it anymore, it's it's just so like sad but so funny also. Just like thinking about that timeline, thinking about how, I mean, I'm sure all the teams had pitchers who, who um, used it, but Cole, it definitely benefited Cole the most. Yeah, I don't think there was a bigger fall off in, you know, you say top pitchers when it came to the sticky stuff crackdown. Um, I mean, yeah. In terms of production. Thing. Yeah, you hate to say the same in, in, in this moment, but, you know, you look at Trevor Bauer starts um, after the sticky stuff crackdown, you know, not too worse for wear really i mean nothing as bad as as cole has looked and i mean you he looks like the guy who like depended on that sticky stuff to have his to have his uh pitching his pitches be that good whereas everybody else can sort of work around it and you know falling off at maybe one tick or two but he is falling off a cliff since he cannot use the sticky stuff it's pretty pretty concerning. I don't think that 
part of it. It's been overblown at all. And we just have to watch because they are Major League Baseball players. And even though this is a huge difference, it's always about making adjustments faster than the opponent can. So Garrett Cole is still really, really good at pitching. But he's going to have to adjust quickly to uh, to get back to form. Yeah, I don't think he's a four or five ERA pitcher. I think he's still probably in the twos or threes i think he's still like an effective pitcher but there's no way without the sticky stuff he'll be back in the ones unless he's having a hot streak yeah and most likely not as quickly as this year in terms of yeah and it's and it seems too it's very psychological for him the crackdown yeah seems very much in his head which just to wrap it up and I don't, I, I don't want to be a Cashman apologist only, but like I can't, I you can't blame Cashman for that. No, I feel like. Just not at all. Example, I'm not saying you guys are doing that, but I feel like once again, like the narrative to go why to give this guy so much money. It's like yes, he was supposed to know that they were going to change the rule, and that I, I, I mean, I just think that's a good part of bad fortune that like. Yeah, no, I mean, as much you guys, like people's narrative about this season is kind of like not like ignoring. Just as a general point, I don't like when we judge moves based off the end result or current results when in the moment it was a correct move. Because there there are times when, yeah, bad moves were bad in the moment and yeah, they don't don't work out. But like, I mean, there's a lot of moves that happen that made it make a ton of sense and then they don't work out. So it it was obviously like they shouldn't have done that, but that's not how it works. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. Uh, all right. Let's 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 wrap that bit up. And we are just about done for today's podcast. A couple other little nuggets that I'll, I'll throw in here uh, just at the end of things. The Rays are going to be promoting Vidal Brujan, who is the third of their pretty prominent middle infield prospects, the biggest of which was Wander Franco, who is who is up and playing, and I, not off to an incredible start, but is still playing. Uh, so this other piece of their their prospect puzzle will be joining, and he is very fast and steals lots of bases apparently. So that's a lot of fun. Speaking of fast guys, just like Rudy asked for him to be called up the second we mentioned um, Franco on this podcast, he said now call up Vidal Bruhan. So you're welcome, Rudy. Yeah. And another thing that I think is fun, I think everybody should think is fun, is that the Brewers acquired Rowdy Telez from the Blue Jays. So they now have both Dan Vogelbach and Rowdy Telez. That's that's a beefy duo right there. We love our beefy duos in baseball. Uh, the Toronto Thick Jays have have since moved moved on from that <laughs> that title. <laughs> Vladdy trimmed it down a little bit. They they no longer have Telez. Alejandro Kirk, where is he? He's not really playing much. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe the Brewers can take the mantle now. And yeah, Brett Phillips. This is gonna be the last thing. Had probably the weirdest position player pitching outing that I've seen and just in that terms was the of best. how he delivers baseballs 
to a catcher. <laughs> Man looks like a kid who's like first playing kid pitch in a little league. It's like this is how you pitch. You step straight forward and don't. I'm gonna be honest. Out. I didn't do that. He got in kid pitch. for a walk. <laughs> he, he dropped the ball. <laughs> if for anybody who doesn't know, he, he's basically sta- standing straight at you. You know, like you would out of the stretch. But instead of out of the windup, or out of the windup, sorry, and instead of <laughs> turning and doing a a standard leg lift and delivery, just lifts the leg right at you with some funky movement in there while staring you in the face, and steps directly towards home plate and lets it fly. I think he released a few around fifty miles an hour, so and ninety four, yeah. Um, he just lets it fly at any speed and yeah. And he's just a quirky dude. Sprinted in from the bullpen. Sprints in (laughs) like anything that was put in play, like whips around to like, to watch it with the, the utmost. It's just, it's hilarious. Um, that that's, that's what I have to leave you guys with. If you haven't seen it, please watch Brett Phillips pitch. I hope that the, uh, I hope that the Rays have some more blowouts that they can use him in. So, uh, so yeah, that is going to do it for our podcast today, though. Thank you, everybody, for hanging with us this long. If you did, uh, go ahead and leave a review. Rate us wherever you're listening. Leave a comment. I think, I think you can do that in a lot of places, definitely on YouTube. So, uh, yeah, we want to know what you, uh, what you think. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, follow us at BeatTheShiftBP on Twitter, not Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, that's the best place to get in touch with us. We want to we wanna hear from you guys. That's the moral of the story. And beattheshiftbaseball.com for everything, podcasts, articles, anything else that we have, it's all there. So yeah, that is going to do it for today. We'll be back next week. And we'll, we'll be back with, with some more... Um, non-podcast content too once once we're all settled in a bit more so we appreciate you guys listening and until next time thanks everybody as always farbode peace